America Meditating Radio Show, we collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts 24-7. Hi, I'm Sister Jenna. Join me and guests as we amplify stories that compel us to be more for ourselves and everyone else around us. Do you like to meditate? Have you tried to meditate? Have you struggled with meditation? Why don't you visit one of the Brahma Kumaris Meditation Center? Visit brahmakumaris.org. This is water. Can you feel this, Helen? Yes, water. Helen, it's water. Deaf and blind, Helen Keller overcame her world of darkness. Foresight. Pass it on. From the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Hello and welcome to America Meditating Radio Show. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. We're broadcasting from the beautiful Meditation Museum in the nation's capital. And of course, you're always invited. The doors are open to you when you're ever just in need to reconnect or just always very interested in evolving your story and making it higher. We're looking forward to having our very special guest on the air shortly. Penny Pieser will be on and we'll be talking about life inside a Zen community and how that all unfolds. It is always my pure wish that you're doing okay and stuff has a way of happening. And I think for many of us, if we knew how to, I don't want to use the word control, but if we knew how to manage it, I don't know if the word is even better, um, manage it where... I keep my sense of self, the divinity, the purity, a sense of wisdom or just knowing that stuff has a way of changing and how am I supposed to show up to address the issue. It's my pure feeling that we're always able to address issues with the state of detached and yet loving. Many times when I share classes or programs about being detached, a lot of folks might turn to me and say, Sister Jenna, but to be detached is to not be loving. And I go, no, when you let go of all the issues, the fear, the expectations, the the stories, the history, then love actually breathes through you. And you're still addressing the issue, but you're coming from that place of love. And whoever is to be impacted from the vibration of your love, they will be impacted. They'll be touched. Because... You are touched, and you're in your zone of being who you're supposed to be. I hope you got that. So let us take a few moments and go into our meditation experience, letting go of all the attachments, the stories, the memories, and yet knowing that they're sitting in you, and they've helped to create the person that you are today. We can't change nature from happening. We go back to nature. We are nature. The soul is nature. The five elements that made the body up is nature. And nature goes through entropy. We change. And the whole aspect of our journey now is how to be able to use the right thought as I'm changing and maintain a sense of self, and dignity, and a givingness during my process of change. So you ready? Let us breathe in deeply and take this moment to let go of the past and be very present. Enjoy the letting go of meditation from my off-to-work CD and breathe in, relax, and be. Om Shanti. The time that we choose to be aware doesn't necessarily require me to just sit and meditate. But even while I walk and move around, I can be 
in a meditative awareness, which is awareness of the soul, the original, eternal, imperishable being of light. For a little while, I'd like to invite you to be present, to be here, and to be now. Allow your mind to settle in the moment, to relax. This meditation is about awareness, it's about becoming aware of your original and eternal self. It's about connecting to your truth. Let go of your name. Observe yourself feeling nameless. Let go of your gender to discontinue thinking you're a man or a woman. Let it go and observe how you would feel walking around without a gender. Let go of the role that you play and let go of the titles that you own. Observe how you're feeling as you are gradually letting go. Let go of your religion and put it aside just for now. of your nationality and even the language that you're accustomed to. Imagine you have no name, gender, role, title, religion. nationality or even a language. Ask yourself, how do you feel at this moment? And in this feeling, Who would think of you and who would you think of? The Supreme Soul would think of you and you, the liberated soul, would think of the Supreme. In this state of absolute freedom, I am truly who I am. A free, peaceful, 
angel and eternal soul. Allow yourself to just be absorbed in this awareness.
welcome back. It's a journey, isn't it? It's an incredible journey. And we leave behind a legacy of all the good that we've done and the areas that we could have done better. And I do believe we come back to try to repair them and fix them. And as I translate and decode, how do I settle issues of my past? I have no other answer for the question other than to offer love and respect to the situation, to the relationship, to even myself. I hope you just enjoyed that moment where we could just hold ourselves within within ourselves. Letting go as easy as it is sometimes becomes the most challenging experience because of the history that's sitting there. But it's a journey, and we're good. We're all in this together, and we're all going to pull each other up in one way or the other, whether with love or with tragedy. So now I'd like to move us to our very special guest on the air today, actress, writer, and documentary filmmaker. Penny Pieser began her acting career on the New York stage in the off-Broadway production of Diamond Studs and the original production of Lanford Wilson's The Hot L. Baltimore. She was also featured in many TV commercials after appearing in her first film, the Academy Award-winning All the President's Men. Opposite Dustin Hoffman, she moved to Los Angeles and began to work in television and film. Television highlights include starring roles in Rich Man, Poor Man 2, The Tony Randall Show, Crazy Like a Fox, Knots Landing, and many more. In film, she played Alan Arkin's daughter in the cult comedy classic The In-Laws and Gene Wilder's bride in The Frisco Kid. Penny is also the co-producer, writer, and director of the award-winning documentary Trying to Get Good, The Jazz Odyssey of Jack Sheldon. She's presently in post-production of a new documentary entitled Still Point, Life Inside a Zen Community. And we're very happy to welcome Penny to the air. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. So, you're living in L.A. The weather is great. Life continues to unfold. Mm -hmm, (laughs) It sure does. It does, right? And then Mm -hmm. here you are doing a documentary now on the still point, right? Mm -hmm. Which means you're now trying to hold everything in essence. Is that correct? That's right. (laughs) Holding it in essence in editing. It's quite a... (laughs) It's quite a thing. Um, A a documentary is really like a sculpture because unlike uh, a narrative movie where you start with a script, you, in a documentary, you you decide, of course, what you're shooting, but you don't really know what the story is until you get back into the editing room and you've got this big block of marble, which is all your footage, (laughs) and you chip away at it until you find what the story arc is in what you've just shot. And it's a fascinating experience. I shot over a period of two years, and quite a few things happened at this uh, Zen meditation center I was where I was shooting, and the name of the center is Still Point. That's hence the title of the film. And it was just—it's quite a thing. And sometimes you just—you do have to just sort of let things flow over you when you're watching all these images and remembering all these things and listening to what people say and putting it together in some kind of story form is—is is mm-hmm. quite an experience. 
Now, making a documentary can be a little bit of an intrusive process for the subject. So how were, you, how were you received by the Still Point community? And they allowed you into their personal space, especially when it's a spiritual community. Folks tend to be a little bit more private about that. I'm yes. in an upcoming television show as well where I had to travel to 13 spiritual or religious places in the country. Oh, my and goodness. I rem- yeah, I remembered how sensitive... It was to make sure that I honor what their spiritual path was and their interpretation of it. However unique it was in my eyes, that was not what that was about. It was about us trying to convey what they were searching for and did they find the missing piece. So I Mm -hmm. kind of know what that's like to be in your own dignity and yet be aware of what you're there to do. It's such an art. How was it for you? It was, let me just ask you something. Were you doing interviews at these centers, or were you yeah, just yeah, were we were interviewing at, we were interviewing them. We were sitting with them, also participating in their rituals and just you know being in that. And the cameras were up in their faces. And I thought what was most important was the crew and how mm-hmm. we meshed with them before getting into their sacred space. Yes. Well, here's here's how I did it. Mm-hmm. My sis my sister. Uh, had been living at this community for 10 years. And, you know, over the course of years, I had been coming up to visit. So uh, even though the population of the community uh, ebbed and flowed, they knew me. I was not a stranger. So when I decided to start making a documentary about it, I actually took the fly on the wall approach. So I shot the whole thing myself. So there was not a crew per se, you know, someone with lights, someone with on sound, someone on camera, plus the director. I was just all of those people. So that helped make it a lot less intrusive, plus they were familiar with me, so it wasn't so much of a thing. I mean, I think it's impossible to put a camera on people and not have them be a bit self-conscious at first. If you hang around long enough, they do start to forget about you. Yes, of Um, course. I don't know if they ever completely forget, but when you've spent, you know, I had the privilege of spending a lot of time with them anyway before I started, so it wasn't so much like having a stranger around. It was it was sure. a familiar person with a strange object in her hands. So. Okay, so, this, so that I can get that. And so how was the filming of Still Point? Like, how did it impact you on a very deep soul level? Did it change you? I think it really taught me a lot about being still and listening and listening to myself and just not feeling the need to make anything happen, but just to wait, mindful waiting. (laughs) Um, And it just, I really, I found I really brought that home with me and it, it definitely impacted me that way. Now, did you have to unplug while you were there on many occasions where you just could not have anything running? Because we're in this digital age, you know, 24-7, we're always plugged in. Did Mm. you have moments where you had to completely unplug? If so, what did that feel like? Well, I did. I mean, there actually was no cell phone reception up in the mountains where this center was. They They did have Wi-Fi, but I was, you know, a very limited use of that and it was I think it was just conducive to the whole project it was you know if I had to do email or I had to do you know take care of stuff sometimes I would just go down the mountain and mm. <laughs> do that if I really needed to have a cup of coffee I'd go down the mountain 
<laughs> get one because, you know, at the center there was no caffeine or drugs or alcohol, oh. of course. And uh, so once in a so, while, I'd, once in a while, I'd make my little escape. But so uh, how, basically, it was it was it was it was great. So how was the silence in your mind? Because sometimes that gets really loud. Yes, it really does. <laughs> especially especially in especially in my head. Well, that was one. Of, that really was. You know, you say how did it impact you? That was another wonderful takeaway. Is that I? I mean, I mean, I have a. I guess I would have to call it a feeble patient practice, but it's gotten much better, you know, since I became involved in the community and and since I basically, it was it was really the shooting of it really was meditative after after I sunk into it after got after I got over all my fear of my own camera, <laughs> it became a big part of me and. Um, and the, the Zen master who was there was very unselfconscious and very generous with his time. Mm. And I, when we discussed, you know, when he was going to have set song, and I would say, well, I thought I'd, you know, I just want to tell you what I'm doing. I don't want to be distracting. I thought I'd put myself over here in the corner, but, you know, how do you feel about me moving around? Or He goes, oh, I don't care. Don't care what you do. Do whatever you want. <laughs> It's your creative process. Do whatever you want. So he was wonderful. Now, Great. what if the world had Zen masters like him, huh? Everywhere. Yes. <laughs> that would be an interesting movie to film. You know, a lot of uh-huh. times you get into projects, and it comes initially first as an inspiration or a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. And then during the process, you get, you know, a lot of different emotions or thoughts. Mm-hmm. What are your intentions with Still Point? And is there a, a wish for people to take something away from this documentary? You know, I certainly, I don't have a message. I, I don't sort of believe in, I, I believe in presenting stories and people take what they will from it. I was fascinated by, you know, the people, the, the community itself, the people who, populated it who had chosen to live there they had a, quite a wide age range and i was fascinated by uh the zen master so to me you know when you turn your camera on something like that you just sort of want to illuminate and say here is a practice here are some people in a practice that i find fascinating and see what you think it's just kind of putting it out there and look at their challenges because they certainly they're people and they had challenges in the practice and challenges at the community like any group of people who come together they have challenges with each other and and with the practice which is very zen is a very challenging practice or certainly can be and everyone everyone of the community including my sister assured me saying well you know don't think that just because you're making a movie about this community that you're going to really understand then. You can't understand it <laughs> unless you're practicing it. And I said, mm-hmm. I get it. I, I get it. I'm, I'm just providing a keyhole peek into it. And, and you can take from it, you know, a lot of things. I'm, I, I, right. My favorite part of the movie are the silences in the movie. Yeah. We do have a lot of talking because I did do a lot of interviews if I had figured out some way to do the whole thing in silence, it it would have been a short film. I'm afraid this is mm, a that would have been interesting, though. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, 
That's true. Now, where are you now with the completion of the documentary? Because I'm sure that people are anticipating its release. I am very close. Actually, I have, if you uh, visit stillpointthemovie.com, you can see a little promo reel. It's not exactly a trailer. But I've, I'm done editing, and uh, this coming weekend I'll be doing my color correction and the following week my sound mix. So I'm at the end. and. Okay. Uh, I'm anticipating being on the 2015 uh, film festival circuit. So that's, you know, with a film like mine, and most independent films these days, the sort of natural cycle is you play as many film festivals as possible. You arrange specialty screenings for, you find groups that might be interested in your subject material, and you do, you know, you go around the country doing you know, screenings, and social media makes it a lot easier to let people know in any area you go to that you're there. Sure. And and then I'll be selling DVDs and and, uh, downloads, digital downloads. So so that's it. That's that's kind of the trajectory of almost all small independent films these days. Oh, lovely. Well, let us know so we could do a screening at the Meditation Museum when it's out. We'd love to do that. Oh, that would be Um, fantastic. Oh, yeah, I would love to honor that. Tell me, what's the difference, what has been the difference for you now being behind the lens of the camera versus back in the days when you were always in front of the camera? Mm-hmm. What have you learned from that? <laughs> well, I love, you know, I the, I mean, the only thing, I've this is just my second documentary, and actually my, when my husband and I did our first one, we, in terms of shooting, we only did... Um, we only shot the B-roll. We did have a crew on that one because we had lots of concerts and lots of lots and lots of people in that movie and a lot of music, so it was kind of a, a different animal. I find I just love standing there and just watching things. And it was, like I said, when I got used to my camera and my camera got used to me, it just, I, I love it. I, I just love it. it. It really is. It really is a whole other thing. I love. I love both sides of the camera. And but I, unlike acting, where you're really waiting for other people. You know, you, someone has to hire you, uh, unless you happen to be producing what you're doing. But you, you know, it's a big collaboration. Film is always a collaboration at some point. But it mm-hmm. was. It was really kind of exciting to be on my own and making all the choices. And and because I was alone. If I saw something happening 10 feet away, I didn't have to call to my crew and say, hey, Charlie, come over here with the light, and Joe, come <laughs> over with the camera. I, mean, I just walked over and shot it, and mm. it was a wonderful freedom that way. I just moved around at will, and it really was fun. It really mm. was fun. I loved it. That's beautiful. Penny, we really appreciate the fact that you're using the media to move into, you know, more of a Zen state of this country because I do believe that there are times that we need to incorporate or integrate a sense of pausing in so many countries around the world. There are siestas. Mm -hmm. We're we're the one that doesn't believe in siesta. We're up twenty four seven and That's right. You know, if we're going to really sustain ourselves and sustain a future for our children, it's so vital for us to become comfortable with our own internal silence, which is an absence oh, of weight. Then, 
Yeah, for me, silence, the decoding of that is an absence of waste and negative thoughts, thoughts that are just Mm. wasteful. I don't need to go there anymore. It's not about moving away to a mountain or to the ocean front or to this or that. It's am I able to control the fact that I don't need to be having this thought anymore. And I feel that this is where when we can see documentaries and programs that spirituality is a process. It's not that the moment you get onto your path that... You know, it's tribal for you. You can understand the languaging, the dress code and all of that. That tomorrow mm-hmm. you're fixed, you're fixed. But it's like when you figured out your camera, you got very confident with it. But it didn't mm-hmm. mean that you didn't have moments where, oh my gosh, what happened? This didn't work. You know, stuff oh, yes. just comes up. You know what that was like. So Yes. Well, just, thank you. No. Thank you for having me on. No, please. I mean, I, I just think that it's good when folks in the media begin to really incorporate uh, a sense of awareness and more of an enlightened state of thinking and consciousness. We need to see those stories more. I don't know if you're aware of cultural creatives. There are over 50 million of them in the country. They're transformational agents, and there are over 150 type of yogic or meditation practices in this country alone. Wow, wow. Yes, and 60 million yogic practitioners in this country. So there is a market and there is a story here and we're getting there. I just think we don't have enough of it in the media. Yeah, for folks to just be aware, I didn't even know that exists or I didn't even know that I could do that. You know? Right. Th- that is great. I mean, I practice yoga as well and it's, that's given me a lot. And that it, doing my movie actually helps my yoga practice very much. <laughs> and, uh, just everything fantastic. else has been a blessing. Penny, before I let you go, please share with our listeners what your favorite life quote is that you're living by. And I believe you gave us the website earlier, but please leave it with us again so that we can get to where we can find you. Okay. My URL is stillpointthemovie.com. And my favorite life quote, I guess I'm a big fan of that, as many people are, of the that. Robert Frost poem, Two Roads Diverged in a Yellow Wood, and Sorry, I Could Not Travel Both. Mm. Wow. I'm very fond of that poem. It goes mm. on, but I won't recite the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Penny. Good luck, and let us know Thank if you. you'd like us to do a screening and oh, um, keep up will. the good that work. That is so cool. Oh, awesome. Thank Anytime. You. Thank you very so much. Take good that. care. Okay, thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So you take your film crew or your camera in a Zen community and you come out learning a lot about you and how sometimes silence can be so loud. But also, even if you're in a Zen community, there are practices to see how much you've inculcated in your journey of knowledge. There are differences of personalities, opinions, and ways of existing. So being in a Zen community or outside a Zen community, you still have to do your work. There's no escape, folks. So just remember that. Hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with our guest, Penny Pieser, her upcoming documentary movie entitled Still Point, Life Inside a Zen Community. You can find that at stillpointthemovie.com and please feel free to share with us your thoughts and experiences as we move along in our showings too. And please email us if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to also receive on the America Meditating Radio Show. As we end regularly, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. We really are here to love each other the same, so let's do that more. 
Download the free Pause for Peace app if you'd like to get updated on some of our interviews. And today I want to end with my friend Gary White, Dreamweaver. Take care. Bye, everyone. Just close.